Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. We have another wonderful show with a fascinating, fascinating guest. But of course, first... Um, we have our quotes of the day. And just to remind our listeners, if uh, you want to catch our video, uh, we are doing our Facebook live stream. You can just uh, do a search for me, your conscious consultant, Sam Liebowitz. That's L-I-E-B-O-W-I-T-Z. Let's get started with our quotes so we can get to our guest. First, our quotes from the universe and from Abraham, from the universe. Right now... Imagine the mansion of your wildest dreams, happy, shiny, and filled with laughing friends who are carrying you through the giant double doors across the marble entry hall, marching you up and down the circular stairway on their shoulders, a live band blasting out back by the dock, a water polo match in the pool that was recently spiked with bubble bath, the paparazzi flying in low on helicopters to catch a glimpse of you, speedboats, sailboats, and so many jet skis whizzing around your neighbors think your James Bond or Beyonce must have been invited. And then suddenly, when you think it just couldn't get any better, the doorbell gongs and everyone falls silent. Yes, it's the pizza guy. You really know how to live. The universe. Ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. Definitely knowing how much to have fun. And that this is something I think we all can learn to add just a little bit more fun uh, to our lives and to what we do. And let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. Oh, kind of a short one today from Abraham. If you're not selfish enough to want to feel good, then you can't connect with the energy that is your source, which does always feel good. Abraham. Ah, I love this quote. Abraham reminding us that being selfish is essential when it comes to feeling good. Now, a lot of people have very negative connotations, very negative charges around the idea of being selfish. You guys know because you listen every week, selfish is a good thing. It all starts with ourself. If we're not meeting our own needs, what the hell else can we do in life, right? We've got to start to feel good ourselves. We cannot fill someone else's cup from a half-empty cup. We cannot... Uh, you know, we cannot give from our lack. We can only give from our overabundance. We only give from the overflow that we have. And that to how do you get that overflow? Takes focusing on ourselves just a wee bit, just a little bit, just enough so we feel safe, so we feel good, we feel taken care of, we feel how much the universe loves us because we love ourselves. And the surest way to express your self-love is self-care. And the more you take care of the self, the more you're proving to your body, to your nervous system, to your consciousness that you really do care about yourself. And that ultimately is what it's all about. So two great quotes from the universe and from Abraham. So let's go out. Be selfish enough to go out and have some fun and take all your friends with you. It is now my extreme pleasure to welcome speaker, healer, author, and fellow radio show host, Katina Macris. I hope I got that right, Katina. You sure did. Ah, wonderful. <laughs> Katina is a certified classical homeopath and certified spiritual he healer who has had personal experience of near-death and catastrophic loss due to long-term misdiagnosed Lyme disease. She's been working now in natural health care for over 30 years. Katina is a veteran an award-winning author of Out of the Woods, Healing Lyme Disease, Body, Mind, and Spirit. She's a newspaper health columnist, a former board member of the Council for Homeopath Certification, and a keynote speaker for the Ticked Off Music Fest, which is a Lyme awareness and fundraising series, as well as a fellow weekly radio talk show host on Limelight Radio with Katina. 
Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Katina. Thank you for taking the time to come on the show today. Oh, it's my delight, Sam. It's great to be um, with you and, and your listening audience. It's my privilege. Wonderful, wonderful. And we have you know, quite an international audience. I think we have people listening from Germany, Brazil, uh, China, as well as across the United States, and of course all of our fans on our Facebook live stream. I'm so sorry you couldn't make it in studio today, so unfortunately those people on the Facebook live stream, you only get Katina's voice and not her beautiful presence, but uh, we'll, we'll find some time in the future when you'll be in New York City and we'll get you here in studio. Oh, I would love it. I would love to be there with you. You know, I was raised um, on Long Island right out of New York City, so it is my home. 30-some-odd years, so I'll be back in the fall, so maybe we can coordinate that. But hello to our listeners, and um, it's delightful to be able to uh, share our awarenesses and um, pieces of uh, importance in, in life journey right wonderful wonderful so i always like to start off with giving my audience like let's talk about your background a little bit i mean you've been in natural health care for over 30 years i don't think people knew what natural health care was 30 years ago i don't even think it was in most people's consciousness how what what brought you into that is it such an unusual thing to do at the time i know i know and it's really um you're so accurate and and depicting it that way so um, when I was a young child, of course, I was always the nurturer. I brought in the uh. wounded animals and, you know, everyone in my, you know, circle of friends. I was the soft shoulder um, to, to cry on. Right. And I decided to, I wanted to become an uh, endocrinologist, of all things. When I was 13, oh. I was a candy striper at the North Shore Hospital out in Long Island. Oh, wow. And, um, went to Duke University to become a medical doctor, but became disillusioned with traditional medicine in the 1970s. Doctors were very formal. They were behind their clipboards, mm-hmm. and that was not me. I'm very empathic and a very, you know, heart-centered person. And I kind of went through an identity crisis for a little bit when I was first out of college, worked on Wall Street. Uh, and, um, oh, wow. Of okay. course, that didn't really fit with my nature. And my father, who was an international businessman, had come back from Europe with homeopathic remedies because he was having difficulties with digestive issues, and I had developed out of the blue seasonal allergies, hmm. but was not doing well on the over-the-counter Sudafed and all of this and didn't want to take allergy shots. So just by happenstance, I tried this homeopathic remedies, and lo and behold, honestly, Sam, within like 20 minutes of these little pellets under my tongue... <laughs> sublingually, the, you know, the tearing eyes and the runny nose and the wheezing asthma and all of this cleared up at an outdoor wedding on Long Island in May. And I'm thinking, holy cow, what is this stuff? And I was married at the time to a chiropractor. And I said to him, hey, what's this homeopathy? And he says, oh, my God, why didn't I think of this? This is the perfect fit for you. Mm. It's a branch of natural medicine. It treats the person, not the disease. Symptoms are the guide, and there's you know, like 4,000 remedies. This is an old system from the 1700s out of Europe. And allergy shots and vaccinations were really taken from the homeopathic principle where you di- give a diluted, tiny little amount of a substance to the human body, and it helps calibrate from the inside in these very minute, attenuated doses. So I said, well, I want to learn more about it. And we, you know, this is before Internet. Mm-hmm. We found um, the National Center for Homeopathy, which is in Alexandria, Virginia. This was like 1983. And I ended up getting a couple of books from them and reading, and we found a practitioner for me in New York City. And, and lo and behold, Sam, by like page five of the first textbook I was reading, I was like, a duck to water. I was like, oh my God, I love this. this is, <laughs> it's such sense to me. Wonderful. It's like, yeah, of course, you know, when you're imbalanced and you have stresses and your body's been thrown off kilter or your emotions have been really dominant for some reason, whether it's grief or stress or anger or anxiety, of course it's going to affect your body. Like the whole body and mind work together. Right. We're so one I entity. ended up at the practitioner in Manhattan and there'd been a wait list. And by the time I'd gotten in, I'd already figured out like the remedies I thought I needed. And he said to me, Oh my gosh, Katina, he says, you are just a natural. And do you have any pre-medical 
you know, uh, classes. I said, yeah, I went to Duke University. I've got all my pre-med, you know, classes. He said, well, we're starting a two-year training program next month. So I just slid right into homeopathic school, Sam, like, but like, you know, the timing was incredible. And lo and behold, um, there I was studying, loving it, and, you know, was eating organic food and and doing yoga and meditation. Like, this is 35 years ago before you said it was really even hip. So people at cocktail parties would ask me, oh, what do you do? And I'd say, oh, I'm a homeopathic practitioner. And they'd look at me like, <laughs> like you had two what? Heads. <laughs> what is this between the homeo and the pathic? They're like looking at me like, who is this nut job? Like, <laughs> you know, I have to explain. And, you know, here we are, though, Sam, all these years later. And hello, the United States is waking up yeah. to a huge medical crisis. We rank number 37th in the world on the world health order we are very low our population is very sick to the tune of 50 million people with autoimmune illnesses and we're the only western culture that i am aware of that does not have integrative medicine and the natural disciplines as part of our national health care program where you can get financial reimbursement through insurance i mean it's slowly happening with acupuncturists and chiropractors but I was ahead of the curve, and I'm happy I'm ahead of, ahead of the curve because um, I've helped so many people along the way. Yeah, well, because now you're you're the elder statesman now for natural healing, right? I mean, it's it's you've been doing it so long that now that everybody else is finally catching up to you, you have the experience and the knowledge and and the actual practice of working with people that you can actually refer to you know, all kinds of case studies and things that you've done because you did get involved at such an early stage. Uh, Totally, 100%. And um, it's been wonderful to witness people's recoveries and healing without, you know, enormous side effects and to help people understand that self-care and lifestyle and the foods we eat and all of these pieces matter our grandparents lived a more holistic natural lifestyle than the average american does nowadays because a lot of things changed in the 50s 60s 70s you know with mass marketing of the food industry and the pharmaceutical industry and commercial you know products so it's you know i'm watching this over time like you just said over 35 years i'm watching this this you know a broad sweep happen and i'm i feel great um having gone through my own healing crisis which we can talk about later right um to be able to have such a network of practitioners around the world to be able to help people you know guide people to wonderful wonderful yeah actually it's time for us to take our first commercial break so let's take a break and when we come back let's talk about your crisis because you seem to have even after you got into all this you actually had a much more severe health crisis that you had to deal with that took your life in another trajectory right Definitely. Absolutely. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Our guest this hour is Katina Macris, uh, a homie, uh, certified homeopath and spiritual healer. And we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Thank you for all the Facebook listeners I see on the live stream. We got lots of listeners there. I don't see your names, though. But, uh, ah, Paul. Okay, I see one now. Um, but, yeah, feel free to, uh, if you guys post your comments on the Facebook uh, live stream video, I will read them off and ask uh, Katina, so you can ask your questions that way if you don't want to call in. And, of course, if you want to call in and ask a question, the call-in number is 877-480-4120. So, Katina, um, so you got super into this uh, homeopathic remedies, became a practitioner. um, But then something, I think, uh, probably unexpected happened to you, didn't it? Yeah, it was um, a really life-changing and uh, what I call Persephone's journey to the underworld. Mm. I was a picture of health uh, in my early 40s. I'd always been an athlete, loved the outdoors. I left Long Island, moved to New Hampshire in 91, built a beautiful homeopathic practice here at an alternative clinic with like-minded professionals and, you know, was living an organic lifestyle with my young children and mm-hmm. wonderful husband and, uh, you know, just a beautiful lifestyle, Sam. And right. summer of 2000, I came down with a very intense so-called summertime flu with profound vertigo, wicked headache, immediate mm-hmm. fever. I'm thinking, what? I don't ever get sick. It's like once every two years I get a cold. This is This is like, wow, someone must have had a really strong bug that they brought into the office because I had great passive immunity, as you can imagine, holding babies and mm-hmm. kids with ear infections and, right. you know, bronchitis in my office, you get a lot of passive immunity. Right. Well, lo and behold, within like two, three days, I could not even get out of bed. I was Ooh. so, so weak and, you know, even these strange symptoms like heart palpitations and I limped into my office, couldn't even see a client. I sat there with the room spinning in my uh, business partner was a medical doctor, and I crawl in and I say, Tom, something's like seriously wrong with me. This feels like malaria when I was a teenager in Africa. And he's like, okay, let's run some tests. And, you know, did an exam, drew some blood. And <clears throat> lo and behold, a couple of days later, the only thing that showed up was a slightly elevated white blood cell count, mm-hmm. which does signify a bacterial infection. And he said, you know, it's probably sinusitis. You're so dizzy, and, you know, people can get very weak with this. Um, let's give you, a, you know, a bunch of strong herbals, because he was an integrative medicine doc. And he says, I'm going on vacation. If, if you don't pull out of it in about a week, which you will, you know, you're so robust, Katina, you'll, you'll pull right out of it, take some homeopathic. He says, I'll leave some amoxicillin for you at the, at the pharmacy just in case. Well, Sam, I was trash. The amoxicillin did nothing. I ended up, you know, seeing another physician because mine was away. They couldn't make her heads or tails of it. They thought I had walking pneumonia because of the profound weakness. But lo and behold, to cut to the chase, uh, we did not find out until five years later. Five years? I, oh, five geez. years. And I was getting worse and worse. Like every two, three months, I was bedridden for three years. I had all kinds of Oof. things, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, migraines four days a week, irritable bowel syndrome, MS-type symptoms with foot drops, all these neurological things like stutters and, and dementia, like I couldn't make a grocery list. Wow. Bed for, bed for almost three years at this point in a wheelchair. My marriage had collapsed. I was losing my home. Of course, I'd lost my career like in the first six months and of my income stream. And we find out in year five that I had advanced Lyme disease. No one had tested me in those early months. Remember back with the flu-like symptoms and the vertigo? Right. This was the year 2000, and no one was thinking this in northern New England. They thought, oh, that's down on the Rhode Island shore, Connecticut, and Long Island. They never tested me. And when I was tested at very prominent New England hospitals, which I'm not going to name, (laughs) <laughs> uh, no one picked up the line. They kept getting a false negative. Uh, and this is a big story. It's why I've written two books on this subject. Uh, An outdated test that's 40 years old. 
It's very faulty. It's an old, old-fashioned antibody test. It's not accurate. So I slipped through the medical cracks, and I was completely destroyed physically, emotionally, spiritually, and was fighting for my life because this mm. organism was in my heart, mm. was in my nervous system, in my brain, and uh, there were days that I can remember my then boyfriend, I could hear, overheard him on the phone with my father saying, she's critical, I'm, I have an eye on her. At any moment, I'm ready to rush her into the hospital. Wow. It was intense, and um, I was at death's door. I, there was, you know, nights I thought I'd die in my sleep. I re- recall a day in particular where I was leaving my body, um, people have those near-death experiences, and mm-hmm. you know what is what? How do you how do you how do you not die? How do you hold on? How do you make it through adversity? How how do you face a challenge when a medical doctor, the most fancy neurologist in northern New England, seventeen visits, says to me, Katina, I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't know what to do. Um, we're just going to have to put you on you know more intense migraine medicines, and this is your life. Wow. And I'm I was 48 years old. I would I couldn't accept that. Right. Right. So looking back on that experience now, I mean, was it once you finally got the diagnosis of Lyme disease, was it kind of a relief or were you still kind of skeptical? Oh my gosh. When I got that diagnosis and it came from a colleague of mine, um an individual that I had shared difficult cases with, a PhD clinical nutritionist, brilliant man. He'd been 25 years in practice at that point, and I ended up there, really. That's the story within my book of how I ended up in his office, and I'm 20 minutes into into this tearful, you know, recounting of what was going on, and I said, you know, could I have some kind of leukemia, or, you know, what's going on here? And he says, Katina, this is advanced neurological Lyme disease. We need to do specialty testing. There's one good lab out in California, Igenix Labs. There's another good one in Maryland, Clongen. He says, but if doctors aren't using these specialty tests, they're not picking it up. And uh, he says tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of cases are being misdiagnosed constantly, like you, with autoimmune conditions. Uh, and so we ran the blood work at the two labs, and both of them verified the Lyme disease. And Honest to God, Sam, I was ecstatic because I was like, you know what? Of course. I mean, it is a bacterial infection. Of course it's going to destroy me. It's not perimenopause. It's not anxiety. It's not being run down. It's not, you know, all these things the doctors were trying to brush it off as. A bacterial infection that's a cousin to syphilis that's gotten itself into your nervous system and brain and heart. And I'm at death's door, so I was like ecstatic, and I'm thinking, okay, wow, we can get rid of this thing. And, you know, I was very hopeful, but at the same time, you know what? I was furious. Right, I'm sure. I was so angry, because I'm thinking, here I am in natural medicine, and my fellow colleagues, bless their heart, the acupuncturists and that fellow homeopaths were kind of keeping me afloat, you know, with support, but, you know, you can't always get to a bacterial infection with some of some of these disciplines so i was furious like what's going on like why aren't they testing for this organism why isn't there not a better test like i was i was it was a combination but i had to put the anger on the shelf and i had to say okay i'm going to get well how are we going to get well and thank god i had this great lead practitioner here and and then we built in a team between my integrated medicine doc and an acupuncturist and a great, um, you know, fellow colleague homeopath. And we built in a team and enormous amount of uh, work. It took me five years of treatment. But if you see me and I can't wait to meet you in real life, um, you'll see after five years of treatment. And now I'm six years beyond that. I'm, you know, like I was in my thirties, I'm loaded with health. I can travel and dance and I'm, you know, practicing again and, and, and loving life. It's a new chance at life. And the wisdom I've gained has been profound. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm, I'm curious, what do you think not not finding out it was Lyme disease, but the experience up until then. What do you think the lesson in that was for you? Oh gosh, so much, so many lessons. Mm, 
What? Oh, okay, give oh. us the top two or three. So many lessons. Yeah, I I feel you know I'm a person of, of that believes you know life your life basically is one of destiny, right? And I've had that sense since I was a young girl. I was raised in a Quaker school, mm. so I think that time of contemplation each week allowed me to have reflection. And so I've always sensed that I meet the right people at the right time, and, you know, if I keep my eyes open and I pay attention to opportunity and don't say no but stay stay open, that, you know, there's so much to learn. So during this time of isolation, which is what the disease did to me, it put me in isolation, Mm -hmm. I realized early on after the crying and the fear, because the whole first year, year and a half, was riddled with those kind of emotions, when I got past that stage, I realized, wait a second, you're being asked to be really still. Mm-hmm. You're being taken out of the so-called you know, outer world and the rat race, the tempo that we live in now in the United States and Western society is very fast-paced. Yes. And there's so much stimulation thrown at us, and, and I was being asked to go akin to like an ashram. I was being forced through this this process to be with myself at the internal level and come to terms with who am I? Like, who am I as a being? What is my contribution to life? And how am I to live my life with grace and balance and harmony and not be constantly taking care of others and multitasking and living in, a, in like a semi-conscious state, you know? Yeah, yeah. Even even though I did meditate and I had my yoga, this really forced me down to the bare bones of who am I as a human being and what is my contribution. And ultimately, what came to me, which I think most of us that decide to look at the process of personal transformation is it's all about love yeah yeah it's all about love it's love it's love of ourselves how do we nurture and care for that special being inside of us and how do we love those that are near and dear to us and how do we love and care for mankind and humanity and how do we contribute in ways that you know don't run us out and bleed us dry but live with balance and harmony so that was my greatest lesson, Wonderful. along with the the power of resiliency and the inner tools, which is why I wrote my second book, The Autoimmune Illness and Lyme Disease Recovery Guide. As human beings, we are wired with enormous resources within to recalibrate and overcome extreme adversity. And a lot of us have either not been shown these tools or we've forgotten them or the way we're educating our children now with a lot of left brain memory and analysis has taken away some of these time-honored innate abilities uh, of of self-belief, of faith, of creativity, of willpower, of intention. So learning to come in concert and how to use these inner tools was probably just as profound for me as the treatments we did on the outside. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. Excellent. A perfect segue because next segment I would like to talk about your your spiritual healing practice and sort of this the spiritual side of, of all of this. Okay, Katina? Sam. Wonderful. So everybody please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. Are you looking for a show where people talk about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Well, then you have come to the right place because The Rob and Callie Show is doing just that. For the last 10 years, Rob and I have been having our own 
own version of Sunday morning therapy sessions on the phone. And now we're bringing it to the radio. So tune in and call in live Wednesdays, 8 to 8.30 on talkradio.myc. And that's Eastern Standard Time. So join us. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking this hour to Katina Macris. Um, and I see we have a couple more uh, viewers on uh, our Facebook live stream. Again, uh, welcome, Quan and Paul. Uh, again, if anyone wants to see the, the video, uh, just go to my uh, Facebook uh, uh, news feed. Sam Liebowitz here in New York City. So, Katina, I mean, after this uh, you know, near-death and really catastrophic illness in a way because of the misdiagnosis and really taking a lot of of not just time but but effort um it, it kind of brought you to a more spiritual place uh, it seems like i mean you're you're also in addition to being a certified homeopath which we talked about before you're you're a certified spiritual healer so did that come after this incident or 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 did the spirituality kind of was that already present in your life it um it was part of my healing journey i you know as i said i was fortunate enough really back in my college years to first be introduced to meditation and yoga and so i had already had a meditation practice in place and nature's always been my temple. Mm-hmm. So my my sanctuary and my place for spiritual renewal has always been to put on my cross-country skis or right. go take a swim at the lake, you know, and really get out with nature. So I had always had a strong relationship at a spiritual level, but my spirit broke mm. during the illness. Right. Because I had so much loss. I, right. As I told you, I, I just lost it all, Sam. Right. All those American emblems of success. Everything that I've been taught to strive for and to achieve, and I'm a firstborn and I'm a type A, right? Uh-huh. Um, yes. So I did it well, right? And I did it right. right. And I had my lovely home in the country and my IRA and in my beautiful family and you know i did a ride i'm not a greedy person or you know like someone that's you know focused on status and all of this but i did what i was taught to do which is to mm-hmm. work hard and to achieve and and to take care of our, a level of responsibility and what happened to me though was so much loss i mean losing my marriage and my home life broke up and my beautiful homeopathic career and it's just like, you know, it was like a death at so many levels. Right. And yeah, absolutely. At one point I said to myself, Oh my God, like, how do you mend a broken spirit? Like, I don't know what to do. Like, how do you uh, how do you mend a broken spirit? I mean, like a heartbreak's hard enough, right? Right. But to lose your enthusiasm and your joy and and to, you know, not even feel inspired about the things I used to, I was really at the bottom of the barrel. And lo and behold, in the mail came a little postcard one day from a spiritual healer, Dr. Meredith Young-Sowers, who I had attended a, a, a workshop at many years ago. She wrote a book I'd read in the 1980s called Agartha, Journey to the Stars. It was very much like a Carlos Castaneda kind of book, okay. but a, a modern with a, a modern woman and a family in Connecticut, and she had a you know a, a remarkable spiritual awakening, and that book touched me. And this was way before I was sick, so I was kind of aware of her. And I'd taken one of her little retreats before I'd gotten sick, and lo and behold, a postcard came. And I thought, oh my gosh this might be really good for me. And I was so weak, I couldn't drive. I had someone take me, and I brought my ear pads so I could, like, lie on the floor in the back of the room. 
And it was a wonderful weekend. We touched in on so many things, and she's a gifted teacher, and she taught us how to journey within, to use the third eye, you know, that's up, the, up there, the pineal gland in the center of your forehead where the intuition center of our being is. And she taught us how to access that channel and to journey within, and we we tapped into, you know, feelings and, and blocks and wounds that each of us was, was carrying and holding in this workshop. And I was I was deeply affected by it. And she said to me as we were gathering to leave, she says, Katina, I'd like to speak with you. We stepped aside and she says, I can see that you're very gifted with intuition. And she says, I know you've worked for years as a homeopath. You understand the body and physiology. And she said, I really would like you to consider taking my certification program for spiritual healing, she says, I can sense, besides helping you and your own healing, that you've got the gifts and the talents to really bring to others. And I, I looked at her and he said, me? Me? I'm like, <laughs> I'm saying in the back of the room on the floor. And she says, yes, it's only temporary, dear. She says, you're healing. You're healing in front of my eyes and you're doing such profound work. It's just going to keep evolving, but you need to tend to the spirit, and tending to the spirit is just as important as tending to the body. Those words rang so true to me, Sam. Mm. I went home, and I thought about it, and I was like, how can I do this? It's, you know, a year training, and it's, you know, you know, week-longs here and there, and I really, I said, you know what, I've got to do it. I need, I need to reclaim my life, and I did it, and when you know I ended up being like the class valedictorian and we watched me go from wow. on the air mattress to like hiking up the mountainside I mean <laughs> it was really really um, demonstrated through me as a human being the power of the spirit and working on the eternal plane as I said and I feel graced I feel blessed that I met Meredith and that I took the training and yes that's that's how I operate now I mean no matter who comes in to see me as a client or I lead workshops all around the country and internationally my workshops the core of them are this metaphysical relationship we have between our emotions our body our mind and our spirit because we are complete beings and we're not right. compartmentalized and we need to nurture and tend to ourselves on all of these different planes. So I feel grace that I got taught how to access this pathway and to help people then in turn learn how to access this. It's, it's profound. Yes, yes, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. Have you seen a shift in the people you work with since you started doing this work? I mean, the the type of people who will show up to, to work with you as a spiritual healer? Yes. I, I, what I'm discovering is, well, there's two types of individuals. Some that are just really, in particular with the Lyme disease and the autoimmune illnesses, that are really struggling on a day-to-day basis just to manage the simplest of tasks, whether it's cooking a meal or, you know, going to a function or some can't work. So these people are very compromised physically, and so they're very focused initially on the, 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 the physical nature of what's going on in their life. But as soon as we start talking, because I'm a gentle soul, and if you meet me in real life, you see, whoa, this woman's got like a complete lens here. As soon as we start talking, usually by the end of our first visit, they are intrigued or they're, they're expressing to me, you're right, I do want to understand how to work with what I have on the inside or tap into my spiritual strength. So... There's that type individual, and then there's people purely that reach out to me, whether it's from reading my book or meeting me at a conference or just word of mouth that are seeking spiritual guidance because I I hate to say it, as much as I love our country, our society is in serious spiritual deprivation. (laughs) The religious structures that worked for many, many generations, 
there the structures aren't meeting the needs of a lot of the population so a lot of people are in limbo yes and we are spiritual beings uh we are spiritual beings and we need to nourish that part of our life and the rat race that i talked about and the hamster wheel of keeping up with tasks and dual careers in a household and kids and their after school programs that we have not that steady daily practice in our lifestyle so much anymore unless you're really conscious about it so I can't help but say you know we're looking at a couple generations now of people seeking that resource and I I I feel it I I see it and I I know that we can help people grow and expand and feel nourished at that level. It's it's not really that hard to do, Sam. It's just a matter of learning a few tools and carving out that time and teaching your children. Well, what for you is the most um, important tool to you or the most uh, prevalent tool that you use yourself personally for your spiritual healing? Well, <clears throat> probably to just distill it down, and I taught this to my son as well, um, is how to sit with yourself or lie, whichever more comfortable, mm-hmm. in a place, um, whether it's in your home or a place outside that's peaceful. Uh, Beauty is important to the, to the spirit. Mm-hmm. So even if it's a little spot in your home that you can have a, some pretty photos that you like or candles or flowers or anything that feels lovely to you or, you know, a a fabric that's comfortable to your skin or find a way to be comfortable and still and to be able to close your eyes and breathe quietly and deeply four or five long breaths down into your chest and to take the attention from your mind's eye you know, because it was a busy mind, and take the tension from your mind and bring it down into your heart. I often say put your hand over your heart and just breathe slowly down and touch into that heart, your beautiful heart, and thank it. I always thank my heart every day for beating, for keeping me alive, for helping me to love and care and show compassion and to feel passion. And just that, that practice, that practice of self-awareness, of quieting the mind and of bringing it down to the heart space and, and feeling that, that ability to be tender with your own self is a gesture of self-love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you can just do that, if that's all that you can do, don't worry about, oh, I need to do a meditation practice and, you know, I have to, you know, really be here for 20 minutes after this. I mean, that's beautiful if you can develop meditation and also prayer is another really strong ancient uh, healing modality that's been around for, for millenniums. But this gentle exercise I do of touching into the heart space, quieting my busy mind and giving gratitude and and allowing myself to honor my heart and just a positive gesture of self-recognition and self-love really does a lot. Yeah. yeah. It really stimulates that mind-body pathway. And when you get that mind-body pathway going, you're quieting that runaway sympathetic side of the nervous system that gets all jittery and, you know, overly worried and that, that this ability is tuning into the parasympathetic side of the nervous system, which is the contemplative quieting side, and then that allows the good neurotransmitters to be produced in the brain, which nourish the immune system. Right, right, wonderful. Yeah, you know, they say that the the longest distance we will ever travel in our lifetime is the 18 inches from our head to our heart. So. <laughs> I love that. So, uh, okay, Katina, believe it or not, it's time for our last commercial break of the hour. So I want everyone to please stay tuned when we come back. Just a couple quick questions and we'll wrap things up and let you know how you can get in touch with Katina. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back. 
You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with Katina Macris, um, a, a homeopath, a spiritual healer, and a, and a, a Lyme disease uh, health advocate extraordinaire. Um, so, Katina, I'm, I'm curious. We were talking really about um, helping people to get back to their hearts and, and sort of getting back to even just a basics, very simple uh, meditative practice. I'm a big believer in that. I tell all my clients, look, you got to meditate for at least five minutes a day. It doesn't have to be more than five minutes, but at least five minutes just to, to give yourself that presence of, of being present with yourself. Um, you know, we, we all come to things and we have different perspectives of, about, you know, what's happening in our lives, the challenges we face. Um, and I think it was the Dalai Lama who said that, you know, life is pain, but uh, suffering comes from a misperception of reality. Now, you, you've been through a lot of, of pain. Uh, do, do you see with people that come to you that there's sometimes this unnecessary suffering because of people's perspective? Because of, you know, it's very easy in this country to have that kind of victim mentality that things are happening to you, not for you? Oh, yeah, suffering. I have a whole chapter in one of my books on suffering. Um, suffering actually, for me, is an opportunity to really make a change. Suffering is like the red alarm fire signal. It's it's you know it's it's be it's the it's the pain that goes on beyond pain to that extreme level of as you said the victim and suffering I, I think suffering is a portal and mm. uh, you know when you realize that a portal to has what been around forever you look you go back to the Bible and they talk about suffering right right um, it's it's a big. Um, but would you say suffering? It's a big learning curve about suffering, and as I as I just mentioned to you, I really, I feel like it's an opening to something greater than where you are right now and your position. And it's hard to accept it when you're in the midst of it because all you want is someone to give you a pain pill or make the symptom go away or you know get rid of it for me. But right. it's a portal. And, um, and until you can open that, that window and, and look through the portal and, and be willing to accept messages. Now, this is the other big thing, Sam, mm -hmm. is the, 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 our beings are very intuitive. We're very, um, we're very aware. We know almost everything uh, about ourselves and our stories, but we shut it down. We go into that that thinking and analytical state, and we don't listen to the, the intuitive within, because if we could, 
a lot of answers are there. Right, absolutely. All they're they're all there. <laughs> they're all there. They're all within us. I mean, we might go to experts, but you're an expert. Right. But you're your own expert. Right. Right. So, so, so suffering is a portal to uh, your own inner knowledge. Is that what you're saying? It is. It is. Gotcha. And it's um, like the red alarm fire. Like you can't ignore it anymore. I mean, you're being, something is calling to you. Your spirit is calling to you that you're not on the right grid or the right pathway. You're not living the right lifestyle for you. You need to make changes. And, and they could be at all kinds of levels. It could be your job. It could be lifestyle stuff. It could be relationship related. It could be, you know, how you look at your family dynamics. I mean, there, it, it change, you know, there's a lot. As human beings, we're multifaceted and our lives are multifaceted. And so I see suffering as that calling from within to say, um, what, what do I need to change? I'm being asked to self-examine and make change. And in that process of, of learning to tune in and listen, as I just said, to that intuitive, which is your wise guide, which is your innate healer, which is your personal expert, knows an awful lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what, what do you, um, how do you work with clients when they come in and they're just so downtrodden and they're so beat up by whatever challenges they're facing. How do you build them up or how do you um, show them compassion in a way that helps them to feel like they have the strength, they have the resiliency to, to keep moving forward? Oh, well, I'm a nurturer by nature. So when you meet me, um, immediately most people feel safe. Um because I'm very compassionate and loving by nature. And um, we start off just at the basic levels of me being a really good listener and finding out where this person is at in their life. And after 35 years in a caretaking role, I'm able to tune in to where some of their greatest fear points are because fear is often what's holding us back and so when I can tune into those areas of where their fears are and we can start talking about that um, and then we implement some of these exercises that we just mentioned you know like I can help them craft a positive self-belief statement or we can um look at the really powerful tool of willpower hmm. and um, work with setting what I call an intention, which really ignites will. Right. It helps us move forward when we, you know, can, can really, you know, dig in deep. When, when you, when you want to do something and you dig deep for that will, I mean, I feel it in my gut. Like, you know, yeah. you think of athletes before they hit that football field, and they're out there with that intention about win, 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 and they're like, you know, chanting and really getting ready for the game, you know? I mean, that's all willpower. And you need that. We need to be able to use that inner tool when we're fragile and broken and sick. And also, you know, something else is our vision, Sam, is how we envision ourselves down the line because no matter how fragile and broken you are right now or how dire the circumstances are, I defied the odds and came back to life. And I've met and worked with many others that have defied the odds. And we, you and I have met other people that have forced stage cancer and mm -hmm. they've defied the odds. And a lot of it is your vision. It's what I call the vision keeper. Right. It's that ability in your mind and to see yourself down the line how you want to be. And my father taught me this as a little girl when I was sick. He kept reminding me of it. How, Katina, see yourself down in the future. Tell me where you are. I picked this beach in the Bahamas. What are you wearing? I was in a red bikini. What are you doing? You're floating in the water. 
Okay, so we would like visit this in my mind's eye, and he'd say to me, now you need to visit that every day, three, four, five times mm-hmm. a day, because you're creating your future. Mm-hmm. Yes. And your mind is your most powerful tool. Yes. God gave you a mind, it's your job to use it wisely. Mm-hmm. So the negative thoughts, the self-critic, the doubt, the scary feelings, all of those, so these are a lot of things I... Even on, you know, visit one, we can we can touch in and start working with one of these pieces, besides the fact that I'm a homeopath, right. and we can look to what homeopathic remedies are helpful for your case. So there's so much available um, to us, Sam. I, I feel really hopeful. I'm, I'm so glad I'm a healer. Yeah. I mean, well, beautiful. Um, my... Love for, you know, helping others was there as a child, but my own personal, you know, life-shattering experience has expanded me in such a way that I feel that, you know, healing is really asked of us at all times. So many of us have to face healing crises, and it's not always with our physical body, it might be after a divorce, or it might be after bankruptcy, or it might be after something happens with one of our children, so, you know, the inner healer is present, and and supporting that inner healer, we all can do. Okay, Katina, unfortunately, we're out of time. Um, Just real quickly, if people want to learn more about you, where can they go? Oh, easily my... uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, website. Very simple. Katina Macris. K-A-T-I-N-A Macris. M-A-K-R-I-S. And you can find out lots about me and follow me and come to some of my workshops and join me wherever. I'd love to hear from you. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, well, thank you so much, Katina. I appreciate it. Thank you, our listeners, as always, for tuning in, especially all those people on the Facebook live stream. We'll be back next week with more great guests, and we will talk to you then. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? 
I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 